Good evening, everybody. Anybody ready for the well 2016? Come on. I truly believe that God is going to meet us as we go deeper. And uh, tonight, I'm excited to share some things with you. Um, if you've never been to this event, we started it last year. We did it in the MPR, and it was so packed, there was not enough room. This year, we've outgrown that space uh, by about 100, 150 people, and uh, we're so glad that you've come out tonight. We're going to do a little Q&A in a little bit if you want to ask some questions and um, really kind of get up and close and personal with um, some of the leadership here at Higher Vision Church. Now, I'd like to start with something funny, and we're going to dive into something that I really feel like the Lord put in my heart, but let me tell you this little thing. I heard, um, how many uh, heard about what happened with the internet um, this week, where for a couple hours, the internet shut down in major parts of the country? Anybody hear about that? I remember back in the days when we didn't have, you know, uh, TV and computers and internet, we had, we had antennas. Come on, how many remember back in the day? Right? You had the foil, and if you turned it the right way and put your head this way, you know, just the right way, boom, you'd get this signal. Well, I heard this story, and uh, this might be a little cheesy, but let me go ahead and tell it to you. I heard the story about two antennas who met on a roof and fell in love. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was amazing. Come on now, somebody. Come on, that wasn't bad, was it? Come on, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Somebody laughed really hard over there. Thank you very much. You know, as I thought about this event um, as we begin the conference with Up Close and Personal, uh, it made me think about this situation that happened to me recently. Now, uh, I've gotten to the age where my eyes aren't quite working the way they used to. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, man, I got a lot of amens on that. And so... Um, I was needing to do, you know, some stuff to my face. And my wife will tell me, you know, Jared, you need to grab those tweezers every once in a while. Make sure you got the hair between your eyebrows taken care of. Come on now, I'm just getting real. This is up close and personal. So I decide that I'm going to do that. And so I grab some tweezers and uh, go to the mirror. And I'm looking in the mirror trying to see. And man, it looks like I have taken care of business. I got everything taken care of. And then I noticed there was a... Uh, a little like mirror on the counter that my wife uses. I thought, hmm. And I grab it, and it was the magnified mirror. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you all know where this is going. So I pull that thing up, and I take a look, and I am like, no! It wasn't until I got up close that I could really see what was going on. And tonight, what I want to do is I want to share a, a sermon with you, and then we're going to take some questions and answers, and then we're going to go into a time of ministry. But I want to get up close and personal with discouragement. I started thinking about myself, about this year. You know, I want to kind of open up and share with our congregation maybe questions they would have, things that are going on in my own private life. And uh, I got to say, this year has been probably for me one of the most discouraging and difficult years I've ever had in my entire life. It's been a tough year. Many of you know my father passed away. Just two weeks ago, our dog of 14 years, Bruiser, passed away. We've had a lot of challenges. A lot of things have gone on in our family and situations, and it has been tough. And tonight, I want to talk about discouragement. I want to get up and close. I want to get personal with discouragement. You know, I thought about it. I really believe there's a spirit of discouragement on our country. 
I mean, just talk to somebody about the election and you get discouraged. Just think about, come on, think about the, the next news cycle with racial issues and tension in our country. As a culture, as a nation, I think we are facing kind of a series of events that are creating the spirit of discouragement. I want to tell you, it's not uncommon for Christians, for godly people to get discouraged. Did you know that Moses, you know what he said to God one time? God, I can't take this. Kill me. You know what Elijah, after he had one of the greatest moments of success and he called down fire from heaven, you know what he did? He ran into the middle of the wilderness underneath a tree and said, God, take my life. I can't take it anymore. And so I want to get up close and personal. And I want, I want to tell you a story. I want to read a story. It's going to be a little bit of reading here for a minute. But as we dive into this, we're going to learn a little bit about discouragement and we're going to learn about a well because this weekend is the well. In fact, God took me to this passage of Scripture. In fact, it's really about a well, about a woman, and about a promise. So if you have a Bible, I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 21. We're going to look at verse 17. And uh, you can look at the screens and follow along. You can read along. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory. In this story, Abraham has now sent his son Ishmael, not the promised child, but the one, there's a bad decision where Sarah had him sleep with her servant. And so now Ishmael um, is being sent away because he's interfering with the promised child Isaac. There's problems. So they take off into the wilderness. Abraham really doesn't want them to go, but God says, go ahead and listen to your wife, Sarah, and send them out. And so that's where we pick up on the story. So Abraham got up early in the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, and strapped them on Hagar's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone... She put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about 100 yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a what? She saw a what? A well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. Interesting, in the middle of this a horrible moment of discouragement, and we've all been discouraged. We've all wanted to give up. We've all felt like there's no hope. And yet in this story, at her greatest uh, moment of despair, at this horrible moment of discouragement, suddenly a well appears. I'm believing that this is going to be a well weekend for somebody that's here tonight. I believe this is going to be a well moment for some people who are discouraged and who are struggling and filled with despair. I'm going to tell you something. God is a God who can open up a well and change everything. Somebody say amen. So I'm going to give you three points tonight. You ready? I want, to, I want you to write this down. I want to talk about discouragement. The first thing we need to understand about discouragement is simply this. You ready? Discouragement can deform our character. 
Discouragement can deform our character. I'm going to rewind a little bit and I'm going to tell you this story because it didn't start with Abraham sending Ishmael out into the wilderness. The way it started was is that Abraham and Sarah couldn't have a child and they were discouraged. Anybody here ever been discouraged? Sarah didn't know what to do, so she makes a bad decision. She goes to Abraham and says, hey, this isn't happening, so sleep with my servant Hagar and you're going to have a child and you'll have your descendants and God will bless the earth. And so that happened. He slept with her, and then problems started. Let's pick up in Genesis chapter 16, verse 4, and here's what it says. It says, when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. So Sarah goes to Abraham and says, we got a mess on our hands. She's treating me badly. We should have never done this. This is a problem. And then Abraham replied, look, she is your servant, So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that finally Hagar ran away. So she's out in the wilderness, right? Then the the angel of the Lord found her in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, And I will give you more descendants than you can count. The minute she faced discouragement, you know what's the first thing she did? She ran. You know, a lot of us, when we face problems, just like Sarah, because here's the thing, Hagar was struggling. Here's why she was discouraged. She was a slave. She used to be a slave for Pharaoh. She was privileged. She had wealth. Remember, there was an issue that happened with Abraham and Sarah and Pharaoh, and because of God working, they gave him, gave, you know, Pharaoh gave all kinds of blessings and gifts to Abraham, and one of those were servants. So this, this servant had everything. She was in the court of the king. She was privileged. And now she's out in the middle of the wilderness, wandering, and then her hopes were destroyed because now her master comes to her and says, you're going to give birth to a child from my husband. And what that meant was is not that she got a child, but that she was a surrogate for Sarah to have a child. In other words, she was going to have to go through labor, but the child wasn't going to be hers. She was going to go through the pain, but not get the blessing. So she's discouraged. She's down. She, she's in despair. And the angel finds her out in the middle of this wilderness. She runs, and then the angel says, go back. Now, here's the interesting thing. The road that she was on to shore was actually the road that led through the wilderness, guess where? Back to Egypt. I'm going to tell you, one of the things that we do when we're discouraged is we go back to what we left. And so on her way back, the angel catches her, and now watch what happens. He tells her, no, go back and submit to your master. Now, I asked myself the question. Listen to me. I asked myself the question, why didn't God let her go? Come on, think about it. This was Ishmael. She was going to have a child, an illegitimate dream, not the covenant, right? This was not what God had planned. God eventually, we learn later, as we read a moment ago, is going to allow Abraham to send them off. Why didn't he just let her go? Ever thought about that? Why didn't he let Hagar run back to Egypt? Well, I think God was up to something. And I think there's some lessons as we dive in and get up and close, close and personal with discouragement. We're going to learn some lessons about discouragement because discouragement 
if you're not careful, it can deform your character. What was God up to? Here's what I believe God was up to. He was dealing with her character. He said, return and submit to your master. You see, submission is God's refining tool. She ran, but let me tell you something. When you run from submission, when you run from where God has placed you, here's what you need to know. God will use what drives you away to drive you towards his purpose. We run and we think we're running, but God is simply using this opportunity to drive us. Think about cattle. Have you ever, you know, maybe you've seen a movie, a cowboy movie, and what happens? Cattle, they need to get branded. Cattle maybe need to move from one area to another area. And what do they do? They get the cattle moving because if they can get the cattle moving, they can drive them to where they need to be. And this woman was running because of discouragement, but sometimes God allows discouragement because he wants some movement. You can't direct a car that is sitting in park so she begins to move and listen the thing that drove her away was the very thing that God used to drive her towards his purpose and his purpose for her life you know what it was he said return and submit and I will bless your child and bless you with descendants here's what he was basically saying I want to bless you but here's what you need to understand The path to God's blessing is through the door of submission. You see, go back and submit because if you'll submit, that path of submission is the door that will open to release the blessing in your life. Think about Jacob, right? Jacob had a passion and a desire. And what was that desire? It was to have Rebecca as his wife, right? Or was it Rachel? I'm getting a little confused. Was it Rebecca or Rachel? Come on, we got any scholars out there? Come on. <laughs> Rachel, thank you. He wanted Rachel, right? And what happens? He ends up having to work seven years, and then he works another seven years, and we wonder, gosh, that was harsh. Gosh, God put him under a Laban. Why is he under a Laban? Well, let me tell you something. With God, submission is the vehicle that he will use to release a blessing in your life. Do you realize that it was through 14 years of submission that God was using those 14 years to create a bank account to put the blessings that he was going to give Jacob when he went on his own? You see, if you'll go back through the process, through the door of submission God will release a blessing in your life so when discouragement comes let God drive you right back to where you are see the path to God's blessing is through the door of submission you know the other thing that's interesting in this verse because God said submit and go back you know the other interesting phrase in there was when he said Abraham, remember she came to Abraham and she said, what am I going to do? This girl is giving me a hard time. And Abraham says, hey, 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 you deal with it. It's your servant. Can I make just a little side note and give you a little nugget? Because when it comes to issues like that, here's what you need to understand. Sometimes here's what God's telling us. You're responsible for what you give birth to. Whatever you create, you're going to have to raise. There are people in this room right now that are struggling with an illegitimate dream, an illegitimate promise because it was yours, not God's. And now you're taking care of something that you birthed. (laughs) 
Maybe you're in the middle of a huge situation of debt because of a decision that you made. There are people in this room that are raising an illegitimate dream of a bad decision somebody else made. Maybe you're feeling lonely and struggling because of a decision to divorce by your spouse. Maybe you have no friends because someone made a decision to move to a new city and now you have no relationship. We could go down the list, right? Maybe you're here and you're struggling with your, your kids and the relationship with your kids because you made the decision to, to, to take that promotion and now you're at work all the time and now you're raising. You see, you're responsible for what you give birth to. You see, what happens is we become discouraged and then here's what we do is we're tempted to manufacture what only God can do. I love this passage because here's what it says. God says, if you'll go back, this is cool now, listen, because some of you are like, great, man, I feel awesome, Pastor Jared. Thanks for inviting me out tonight. Man, I feel good. Yeah, I got problems. Woo, I'm, in, I'm responsible for those bad decisions. Hallelujah, for the rest of my life. But listen, I love this story because I want you to hear what God does in the middle of discouragement. He says, go back and submit. And even though you're responsible for what you've given birth to, here's the good news. I'm going to bless him and make him a great nation. Why did, did God want her to go back? Let me tell you why I think God wanted her to go back. God wanted her to go back because he was wanting her to give back the bad decision that had been made. Wow. Because here's what she was doing. She was going back and saying this, and God was saying, give him to me because I want Abraham to raise that illegitimate dream. Because Abraham's going to teach him how to have faith. Abraham's the one that's going to have him be circumcised. Abraham's the one that's going to show him how to take the sun up the mountain and, and say, I, I put God first above every other thing. You see, the way he's going to be blessed is if you'll let me take that broken, illegitimate dream, if you'll go back and submit to my process and put it back in my hands, I'll help you raise what you gave birth to, and I'll turn it around, and I'll bless you, and I'll heal you, and I'll restore you. Amen? I will help you raise what you gave birth to. I will help redeem your bad decision. Why? Because the path to God's blessing is through the door of what? Submission. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Let me, let me, let me just give you this, this verse real quick. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of what? I'm going to tell you, discouragement will try to deform your character. But if you'll surrender to God in the process, he says, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence of hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This hope will not lead. In other words, if you'll go back to God and give him your illegitimate dream, if you'll go back and submit because you ran and you were frustrated, if you'll surrender all of those trials, all of those bad decisions, all of those things to God, guess what? It's going to begin to work in your life, and here's what it's going to lead to. Not disappointment, but to the salvation or the promise or the blessing that God has for you. That's why the Bible says, all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Somebody say amen. 
So discouragement, it can deform your character. Let's get up close and personal and give you another quick point. Here's another thing in this story, ready? Discouragement can diminish our compassion. Discouragement can diminish our compassion. There's a part of this story that's pretty amazing. Go back to Genesis 21. Genesis 21 says this. It says, Then she went up and sat down by herself about 100 yards away. Now, remember, she took her son. By this time, he's 18 years of age. He was not a child. I'm sorry, he was 15, 15 to 16 years old. He's dehydrated. He's crying because his father just kicked him out. He's out in the middle of the wilderness, right? So she goes and says, well, sit down here, honey, under the the bush and get some shade. And then the Bible says she goes 100 yards away. And she says, I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. And Hagar, or Hagar, she said that, he said this, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God heard the boy crying as he lies there. Now look what it says. Go to him and comfort him. Now, Here's what I love about this story it is, you know, you have to ask the question, what happened? I mean, think about it. Where was his mom's compassion? He's going to die. She's so discouraged and that her, her compassion is so diminished, she doesn't even want to be there when he takes his last breath. In fact, not only does she not want to be there when he takes his last breath, she wants to be far enough away that when he's calling out to her, she can't even hear him. And you read the story and you wonder why why the angel says, basically God says, what's going on? What's happening, Hagar? I'm going to tell you, sometimes we can get so discouraged that suddenly we don't have compassion anymore. You know, it reminds me of a story. I'm, I'm going to change focus for a second. I was with my children. We were driving over the grapevine. And how many here have ever gone on a trip with lots of children? <laughs> Come on, how many know you need God's grace when you go on a trip with lots of children? Now, we're on the trip, and everybody is hungry, and everybody is arguing about where we're going to stop, where we're not going to stop. We always stop at In-N-Out Burger when we get, you know, into Bakersfield. That's where our pull-off is, and I don't want to go there. I hate going there. We always have to go there. Can we go here? And there's all this arguing going on. I'm like, guys, we're going to stop. This is what we do. And well, I'm, I don't want, we brought snacks. I don't even want to stop there. Why don't we just keep going? And man, they just kept going and going. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you just can feel the, the, the frustration, the discouragement building right now. Finally, after back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, suddenly I lose it. Come on, a, something, a flip, a, a switch flips inside my brain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not kidding you. I lose it. And uh, I'll never forget the look on Devette's face in the car next to me. Because I turn around, I'm like, that's it. No one in this car is ever eating again. I mean, I was serious. I'm like, we are not stopping. When we get to Nana's house, no one's going to eat. You're not eating for the rest of your life. You're going to fast. That's it. I don't care if you get skinny. All right, hey, I don't care. I I was, and Devette's looking at me like, what are you talking about? I had no compassion. I was so discouraged that I had lost my compassion. Maybe you're here and you are so discouraged because of all that's going on. You don't care that 
someone's hurting so badly in your family. Well, they did it to themselves. You're so discouraged. You don't care that the the guy sitting next to you in the cubicle is struggling through a divorce and needs someone to share the love of Jesus. Well, you know, God can take care of him. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. I'm going to tell you that the scripture says in this passage, discouragement can diminish our compassion. But I want to read a promise to you. Because the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, finally, all of you, I think that means all of you. If you want to look in the Greek, take a look, and here's what it means, all of you. All of you be of one mind. What's that mind? Having what? Having what? Compassion for another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Now look what it goes on to say. That you may inherit the blessing. The key to releasing the blessing is recognizing what discouragement is trying to do in your life. Because discouragement will diminish your compassion. Discouragement will deform your character. But I'm here to tell you, God has something for you. God shows up with a well in the middle of your trial. Somebody say amen. I want to give you point three, and we're going to land this plane, and then we're going to do some Q&A, and we're going to do some prayer. You ready for the last point? Here's the last point. Discouragement can distort our vision. Discouragement can distort our vision. Here's what's interesting about this story. In in Genesis 21, when Abraham sends her out, here's what I found interesting. Why is she wandering around in the middle of the desert going nowhere? It says she wandered aimlessly. That word aimlessly means that she literally went back and forth. She vacillated. She had no direction. She went astray. The last time she was out in the wilderness, she was at least on her way somewhere. She's on her way back to Egypt. But now the discouragement is so deep that she's going nowhere. It reminds me of the verse. What does the scripture say? Where there is no vision, the people perish. That means to cast off restraint. And there's a lot of us right now who are wandering from here and there with no hope because discouragement has literally choked it out of us. And what goes through your mind is, I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to find someone. I'm always going to be alone. My kids are always going to hate me. We're never going to have a healed relationship. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm always going to struggle. I'm never going to be healed. You know, um, I shared a few moments ago that our dog, Bruiser, who we had for over 14 years... Uh, Just recently, we had to put him to sleep. He was in bad shape. And we have another little dog called Gidget. She's pretty cute. Little Maltese. They were the dynamic duo. Wherever he went, that's where she went. And since Bruiser has died, it's been about three weeks, Gidget has kind of lost her vision. And I'll explain. Because like today, I went into the living room, and there she was sitting by the couch, and I grabbed a treat, and I put it on the floor. I'm like, come on, Gidget. In fact, she hasn't made a sound for three weeks. I put the, the treat on the ground, 
I said, come on, Gidget, come get it, Gidget. She just sat there and she looked at me and she looked at me and she looked at me and then she put her head down and she backed up. Now, I know it's kind of sad, but the bigger point is she can't see the treat because she's so discouraged or she's so depressed. If you look at this story, it's interesting because it doesn't say that God created a well in the middle of the wilderness. It says that God opened her eyes to see the well that was already there. The point I want to make is that discouragement will distort your vision. The whole time, a well was right in front of her. The whole time, she had what she needed from God to survive and thrive, but she couldn't see it anymore because she was so discouraged. She had no vision. She didn't see. Here's the bigger principle, too, because not only was there a well there, but here's what she couldn't see. God had just given her her son back. He had just fulfilled his promise because remember, she, was, she gave birth to a child that Sarah was supposed to raise. And in the custom of the day, it became the child of the master and his wife. So when God said, you're going to have descendants, that was impossible because she didn't, she didn't have a child and she couldn't get married to anybody else. That, her, the rest of her life, she was going to have to live knowing that someone else was raising her child. She couldn't have a descendant. But God, even though that she had left, even though that Abraham had kicked her out, what God literally was doing was fulfilling his promise and saying, I'm giving you a descendant. I'm giving you your promise. I am giving you the thing that you've been believing for. It's yours. She didn't even care. She was so discouraged. She didn't realize that she just got her child back. Because discouragement can distort our vision. She couldn't see that God was fulfilling his promise. And here's the cool thing about Ishmael, and I won't go into it, but a lot of people, when they look at Ishmael, they think that he was, you know, some bad guy and that, you know, that uh, uh, God didn't love him, God didn't bless him. Listen, let me tell you something about Ishmael. Ishmael, he became a great nation. In fact, the Bible says that he had 12 sons, and those sons were 12 princes. And not only that, the scripture says that when he was 137 years old, that God gathered him unto his family. Did you know that the only time that phrase is used, it's used with Abraham when God said, and God gathered him unto his family. It means that Abraham went to heaven. And then the same thing is said about Isaac. And the same thing is said about Jacob. And the same thing is said about Moses, and the same thing is said about Ishmael. Wow. Ishmael wasn't cursed. Ishmael wasn't rejected. He went to be with God, with Abraham. He was blessed by God. Here's the point I want you to know today, is that you may feel like God has forgotten you. You may feel like you're wandering, and there's no, there's no hope. There, there's, there's despair, discouragement, disappointment everywhere. But what you need to know is that right under your nose that God has a well of provision, a well of promise, a well of blessing. If you can just open your eyes and see what God has for you and what's cool is when she saw it when she saw it she immediately went to the well and she filled it up 
and she gave her son a drink. And the Bible says at that moment, God was with the boy as he grew. You know what I love about that? Hear this now. Even when you quit calling God, even when you quit calling him, even when you quit seeing him, he still hears and he still sees. Can I tell you what Ishmael's name means? God hears. If she just could have caught a glimpse of her son that God had given her back, it would have reminded her, wait a minute, God hears. I'm going to cry out to God. But I love even though she didn't cry out, God was still there already. He opened up her eyes. She saw the well. I'm going to tell you something. There is a well sitting right in front of you in the middle of your discouragement, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your divorce, in the middle of your custody battle, in the middle of your bankruptcy, in the middle of your trials on the job, in the middle of the, the conflict itself school, in the middle of that classroom where all the kids are giving you a hard time, there is a well sitting right in front of you, and I believe God is wanting to open your eyes to see what he has for you. God is giving you your vision back. So the point is what? Go to the well. Go to the well. Go to the well. There is a well in your wilderness. There is a well in your discouragement. Do you see it? Do you see it? Just close your eyes for a second. In the spirit, do you see it? Do you see the hope? Do you see that the discouragement is the very thing that God will use to drive you towards his promise? You see, had she run away back to Egypt, her son would have never been raised by Abraham. Her son would have never been circumcised and given a covenant to go be with his family in heaven. Maybe what God is saying to you is allow that run that you've been on to drive you back into the arms of God, to place back into his hand the thing that maybe was conceived. It wasn't a God idea. It was a good idea. Maybe it was a bad idea. Can you see it? Can you see it? The well. God shows up in the middle of our desert and he brings a well. He shows up in the middle of our desert and he brings encouragement. He brings hope. He brings everything that you need. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 says three times. Here's what, he's, here's what, what was said by, by Paul. Three times I begged the Lord to take this away, this problem he had. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That is why I take pleasure in my weakness and in insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then he is strong. I keep thinking of Psalm 42, which says, why am I so discouraged? Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, I will put my hope in God. Why? Because there is a well right in the middle of your wilderness. I sense the Holy Spirit here and anointing is here right now. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna stop for a second and we're gonna do a few questions. I'm gonna do my best to answer those questions. 
And then we're going to take a minute and we're going to talk about what's getting ready to happen because we're going to anoint you with oil. There's something about the breaking process that releases the glory and the anointing of God. I'm going to tell you a story and we're going to conclude that. But I want to tell you something today. Sometimes you can look up on this stage and you can see the worship team. You can see a pastor. I try to comb my hair before I get to church. Try to wear a nice shirt. The vet dresses me nice. (laughs) Everything I'm wearing, it's all her. And it looks like I've got it all together. Looks like I've got lots of faith. But what you don't know is that in 2016, I wanted to quit. I was so discouraged. I thought, it's got to be better doing something else. I don't know if I can take this anymore. I put on the face, but I felt like Hagar. God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But I'm so thankful that God opened my eyes. And he showed me a well. He'll open your eyes. He can do it tonight. I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. Why should I feel Why should the shadows fall? Why should I feel lonely? Call for heaven's home. Cause Jesus is my portion. Stand, friend, is he? His eye is on the sparrow, and I know I completely confident I know he watches you and he watches me. Cause I sing because I'm happy and I sing because I'm free yeah his eye is on the sparrow and I know 
won't you stand, lift your hands, and I sing, because I'm happy. God, I thank you that you see me. I thank you that you hear me. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I love you. Come on, just begin to praise your way through your disaster. Praise your way through your wilderness. Come on, say, God, I'm thankful for you. God, I know you haven't forgotten me. God, I know you're good. God, I'm going to trust in you. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. I know he watches. watches you come on give the Lord a praise right now give the Lord a praise come on give the Lord a praise come on let praise rise in your heart let praise let it rise in your heart let it rise in your heart come on say Jesus I love you Jesus I praise you Jesus I need you holy is your name come on reach up to heaven father I thank you for your promise I thank you that you haven't forgotten me I thank you that you have a plan for me Lord Jesus, I know the thoughts you have towards me, thoughts of a hope and a future. God, not to harm me, but to prosper me. Lord, we love you. We trust you. Lord, you're going to take our discouragement, and you're going to release your promise. You're going to release the well of grace, of power, in the name of Jesus. Come on, call out to his name. Jesus, 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 Jesus.